Welcome to the Risk and Repeat Podcast, episode number 117. I'm Rob Wright, editor of Search Security, and I'm here once again with my site editor, Peter Lotion. Peter, welcome. Hi, Rob. Peter, we're back in the studio. It is, we're recording this on a Tuesday, July 24th. It's unusual for us. Usually we do it on a Friday or maybe a Monday. Doing it on a Tuesday, and in fortuitous timing, I guess we had some news drop last night that we're about to discuss. The latest in the, I guess, the ongoing sort of concern about industrial control systems and ICS attacks, hacking of the electrical grid. You know that I'm a little fearful of this. Blackouts, bunker time, that sort of thing. Uh, so the Wall Street Journal published a story last night uh, basically saying that uh, it's titled, Russian Hackers Reach U.S. Utility Control Rooms, Homeland Security Officials Say. It's basically, uh, DHS is saying, uh, issuing a warning about, a very public warning about, on the record, about uh, Russian threat actors, cyber threat actors, have breached uh, these uh, electrical grid companies and could launch a massive cyber attack. Uh, and I, I want to read a, a couple of quotes before we discuss this, but sure. So, according to the uh, uh, Jonathan Homer, chief of industrial control system analysis for DHS, he said, "quote They got to the point where they could have thrown switches, end quote, and disrupted power flows." And the story says. Uh, DHS has been warning utility executives with security clearance about the Russian group's threat to critical infrastructure since 2014, but the briefing on Monday is the first time that DHS has given out information in an unclassified setting with as much detail. Uh, It continues to withhold the names of victims, but now says there were hundreds of victims, not a few dozen as has been said previously, end quote. So the thing that strikes me is that the the breaking news here is not that the Russians have been doing this or that they've been discovered doing it or even that uh, the executives have been being have been given warnings about it. Yes. Because um, the as the Wall Street Journal article mentions the intrusions were detected in 2016 and 2017 if I remember correctly. Yes, and this is the um, the group known as uh, Dragonfly that we've we've talked about on this very podcast. We have s- several stories. The Dragonfly report came out last September, I believe. That's Semantic, correct. Semantic in, se- in in September of last year uh, yes. reported on the Dragonfly threat and what they were doing. In March of this year, the United States uh, CERT issued a vulnerability warning about these activities. Um, So the only new thing here is that the DHS has actually gone on the record about it. All the rest of it is old news, which is, I think, it makes one wonder. It does. And so before we get into the the technical aspects of this, and uh, there are some that are worth mentioning, the timing on this does seem to be odd, interesting. I mean, we just had... And I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know, or the listeners don't don't already know. I assume they know this, but there's been a lot of news over the last week plus about 
U.S.-Russian relations. Uh, President Trump had his meeting with uh, uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin, came under a lot of criticism for apparently acquiescing to uh, uh, Putin and sort of, not even sort of, I mean, he, he flat out sit, he sort of cast doubt on the U.S. intelligence uh, uh, community's assessment of Russian hacking of the U.S. election, their, their influence operation. He said, well, there's no, you know, I have no reason to doubt Putin. Uh, so, so that meeting happened, and just days before that, there were the indictments, the 12 indictments of the Russian GRU officers that were allegedly involved in those influencing operations. And now, after the meeting comes this, which is, again, the, the timing is, is interesting. I don't know what to make of it because uh, I don't believe they, like we, we all sort of, we know this is a previously reported threat. We all know that this has, uh, and other private sector companies like uh, Dragos and uh, ESET have, have talked about this along with Semantic. We all know this is sort of going on, but the fact that it's being made public and sort of there's an alarm going off now within DHS about it. Well, and part of the part of the klaxon uh, that is going on is to to point out that yes, this is something that the Russians did in Ukraine. Yes. Um, Black energy malware. I believe that was the name of it. Right. Right. And so, um, so yeah, the the timing of the whole thing, the outlet. Um, you know, why the Wall Street Journal? Why not? the New York Times or the LA Times or the Boston Herald or Boston Globe uh, or I Washington mean, Post. Yeah, I know the, the, the Wall Street Journal, like like the Post, like the Times, they have a lot of respected, you know, uh, NATSEC reporters there, a lot of people with uh, deep contacts with, within the government. It, so, but this isn't, again, this isn't like anonymous sources. This is DHS coming out and saying, like, publicly, we this is important and but it's weird because so they say hundreds of victims that's an ambiguous term it what's, a, a, what's little, a victim is that a person is I, that a is that a computer so is i'm glad you you asked that because so i don't know what they mean and that language is unclear i assume they don't mean hundreds of utility companies because i don't even i mean that would wouldn't that sort of mean all of them <laughs> Uh, I imagine there's a lot of little outfits out in the in the sticks that right. are still serving small small uh, areas, but there's been over the last fifty or hundred years, I think, that you know all the little gas and electrics that were running in in 1912 are are all part of Dominion Resources or uh, Con Ed or whatever the the big players are. So. There's speculation. What does a victim mean? Yeah. So Rob Lee of Dragos, who I've we, we, you know, we've written about, I've, I've talked with, spoke with him about this very subject at, at RSA. He tweeted about this article last night, and he said, you know, much of the language in, this, in, in these articles is not helpful and often misleading, end quote. He said, uh, he tweeted, as an example, this article and many others use subtle word choices like noting that penetrating the control centers was quote unquote easy, and that it was hundreds of victims, end quote, uh, but not necessarily hundreds of 
control centers, which is what they're referring to when they discuss, when, when discussing blackouts, end quote, end tweet, I should say. So yeah, I mean, we assume the hundreds of victims are individual people at these utility companies working at these substations who have been fished, I assume, compromised somehow. That is the easiest way to do it these days, email, phishing emails, spear phishing, whatever. Um, but you read hundreds of victims. I mean, that could be taken a number of different ways, especially for people that don't know about these attacks and don't know how, like, uh, don't know what a phishing email is. Uh, so, and not only that, there's, there's kind of some alarmist language in here. Uh, I don't know if you agree, but I mean, they have an individual from the Penn Biden Center at the University of Pennsylvania saying they are, you know, the Russians are waging a covert war on the West. And we should know that there's no, there is no semantic ESET, Dragos, there's no private sector input here saying, well, yes, but this, that, and the other thing, uh, let's, you know, pump the brakes. So I guess in light of that, we should probably pump the brakes a little. Sure. I, I mean, I think that's in order because it does seem like, what was your reaction to reading the story? You felt like it was maybe a little. It seemed like alarmist, but like many people, I imagine, I first heard of this, uh, I saw a tweet about it. And the, the person who tweeted it out, I, I honestly don't recall, it might have been Robert Lee from Dracos. Um, saying, hey, you know, let's not be hasty here. This is not news. Um, and other people pointed out, yeah, the news is that... The oh, it was Rob Graham. Actually. Oh, Rob Graham, yeah. yes. That's the one. too many Robs to keep up with. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, so um, so the fact that, that my initial exposure to the story was as uh, pointing... Where, where before I even walked into it, I, I knew that there's people that are saying, hey, you know, this isn't news. And then I, you know, I looked up about the Dragonfly. We reported on that on September 7th. Michael Heller, our senior uh, news reporter. Yes. Um, news writer, I should say. And, uh, and in March, the uh, U.S. CERT came out with a vulnerability warning uh, alert about this exact same thing. So... Um, so yeah, the news isn't so much the the fact of the story, the facts of the story, but the fact that the DHS is that that the United States government agency DHS Department of Homeland Security, um, which has been facing a certain amount of, of uh, negative press over scrutiny, various yeah. yeah, for a lot of things, but you know, not just immigration policy, which again, I'm, I don't think I'm telling anybody anything they don't already know. Exactly. Uh, whether you agree with it or not. Uh, but yeah, they're under a lot of a lot of pressure, and this uh, this sort of changes the story. They're in the news for something different today, as opposed to last week or yep. yesterday. So um, yeah, there's uh, you know nothing nothing has changed other than the fact that the the the, the government agency is has confirmed that this is happening and given us a little bit more information. And it's weird the U.S. cert the the. The notification, the warning about you know these critical infrastructure intrusions, it's pretty detailed, and I just thought that, you know, looking at that, like going back and looking at, it, I mean, you reminded me about it. 
it's it, there's a lot of indicators of compromise, and they talk about yes, fishing emails, use of watering holes, um, specific files that were showing up. I mean, it's it's. I don't want to say like what inform what more information do you need because really what DHS is doing now is they're providing context about how the scope of that, but then you look at the language in the article. Again, it I mean, I'm not even sure like alarmist is is a strong enough term. You know, the last graph of the story says it isn't yet clear whether the hackers used their access to prepare the battlefield for some future devastating blow, investigators said. Uh, I mean, battle, like, you know, like there's very charged language in this and it seems very purposeful. And to what end, I'm not really sure. Uh, I don't think the Trump administration right now is interested in inflaming tensions with, regardless of what the motive is, inflaming tensions with Russia and Putin Yet this drops not long after that that summit, and not only that, but and we've heard this from the private sector specifically, Dragos, but other companies as well now have kind of chimed in. Other experts like Rob Graham chiming in, saying, technically speaking, you can't just flip a switch and trigger a large-scale blackout. The way these industrial control systems are built, and again, you know, Lee talked about this at length in the interview I did with him, the two-part interview. I encourage everyone to read it. But it's not just a simple matter of like gaining access to these systems and flipping a switch. But that's what the story makes it sound like. That's what the officials are making it sound like. And I don't know whether they believe that or whether they're doing it to get attention. I, 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 I you know, to, to be alarmist. Uh, I'm not really sure. But the, the cascading effect, it's not something, and you pointed this out in our earlier discussion on Slack, the cascading effect here is not something that you just do. It's hard. Right. I mean, the big blackouts in history have been sort of uh, an, an, the result of an accumulation of, of uh, bad situations. like A lot of factors. Like any yeah. disaster. Yeah. Um, so there, there's, always, there's always some... You know, triggering event, but usually it's um, it's an unforeseen uh, result of of an unusual set of circumstances, and this goes back. I mean, I remember 1965, New York City blackout. Yeah. Um, as I, if I remember correctly, that uh, was caused by some sort of an obscure failure somewhere out in the hinterlands that that propagated out and, and ultimately took down the whole system. Or was that the 77 or 78 blackout? 77 also, I remember that oh. one too. Um, that that may also have been the same thing, but we don't, you know, 65, 77, then we don't have another major blackout in the in that region until 2003. Yeah. So, and we haven't had one since then, yeah. as I recall. So, I think there's been a fair amount of hardening of systems over time. You would you would expect that, but another thing that, that uh, many of the experts in this field have pointed out these these when it comes to the energy grid at least in this country these providers the the electrical companies the substations it's very disjointed they're not connected it's fragmented it's it's not like you can just go into one area 
infect it, like like the internet, and just have it propagate like a worm. Uh, it's going to take a lot of coordination. It's going to take a lot of effort. It's going to take a lot of uh, planning, timing. I mean, I the way that you would have to pull something like that off on a large scale is really almost overwhelmingly to me, hearing other experts talk about this, not that I'm an expert, but it's hard. I mean, you, you have to you have to gain access to all these different substations in a particular area, gain the full controls, and then coordinate a way to bring them down all at the same time before any type of you know failover or whatever, before they're shut down, before access is removed. Uh, and, and that, like just, just figuring out a way to turn them off is not easy to do. I mean, that's something that, that Lee and others have, have pointed out time and again. And it's, you, but he did say, and he has said on occasion repeatedly, that the thing that's concerning is, is that looking at the intention of what they're trying to do and the knowledge that they are gaining the threat actors going after ICS targets, it's concerning because they are trying to figure out ways to do that. They are learning more and more about these different vendors, these different types of ICS uh, um, products that, you know, whether it's Siemens or other organizations, GE, whatever, that they put out there. And they're going to continue to gain knowledge if we just, you know, if access isn't shut off. Um, I guess, Peter, to, to close, what do you think – like if you if you had to put on your prediction cap and look at the situation, uh, do you think we're going to find out that or, or that vendors are going to start coming out and saying we've we've basically kicked a bunch of intruders out, we've locked these systems down, and no worries? Or do you think that this is just sort of the beginning of n not to be punful here, but a cascade of continuing uh, coverage and alarmist sort of uh, rhetoric from the government about these types of attacks. Oh, can I pass? No, you gotta uh, pick one or I the gotta other. Pick, I gotta pick one. Um, I, I think that uh, the last year or so we've seen the government continue to, to raise some of these, um, you know, questionable arguments and questionable uh, campaigns and know of information and misinformation and I don't see that happening um, I don't I don't see that stopping I should say um, so I, you're you're going with the latter I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna take the the second one you are uh, you and I are switching places because I'm gonna go with the uh, I'm gonna go with the former I think and maybe this is just Rob Lee's optimism infecting me because he has been on the optimistic side as as you know as he noted in our our interview and in other places i think we we're getting better at ics security and i think that's a potentially lucrative field and you know dragos is just one, probably the most well-known company out there specializing in it but other companies are getting into it and i think they see an opportunity to go in there and say and, and not just just make a lot of money and do a lot of business because there needs to be business done there but man you're gonna have a pretty high profile you're gonna look like heroes you know and if you go into these these ics um domains these environments 
and you know what to look for and how to clean them out, you're gonna you're gonna be looking pretty good. Now I don't know if it's gonna result in like an ongoing like managed service type situation where you're gonna they're gonna hire companies to just sit on their on their networks and their environments and watch these ICS systems because they're not built for the typical endpoint protection and threat detection that we see in a lot of enterprise environments. But I don't know. I I I think I think this is gonna be one of the new sort of hot zones for infosec business, and we're gonna see. Uh, I don't know. I I I don't want to see. I, I don't want to say we're going to see it completely eradicated, but uh, I'm going to be on the optimistic side for now. Okay, that's me. I hope you're right. Yeah. I can't believe I'm saying that. By the way, I'm the one who wants to build a bunker in his backyard. Uh, Peter, thank you for discussing this with me on a uh, on a Tuesday of all days. I appreciate your insight and your pessimism. I was going to say optimism, but you or on the more pessimistic side today. But thank you. Always glad to be here. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we will see you next time.